0: This is Lewis Johnson taking my love of sports into the world of eSports with my co-host Kyle Airy, and we're breaking down what's happening in the eSports industry. We're talking with great guests, influencers, and most importantly, we want to talk to you. So welcome to All In With eSports. All right, everybody, what's happening? Welcome back. It's another edition of All In With eSports, where we remain all in all the time. So much stuff happening as This platform explodes for us. And of course, as esports continues to build around the country and around the world and me, having been in, we would call mainstream sports and involved a lot with college football and basketball, of course, the Olympics is my favorite platform. And that global texture to sports is what it's all about for me, that global texture to storytelling. That's what it's all about. And I try to do more of that here on this show to really connect you with people that I'm meeting for the first time that are in the industry and get a bit of their story and then, of course, bring you folks that I know uh, from my world, generally it's work, and then find come to find out they have a real connection to esports and a lot of people have been gaming. It's amazing how many people I've been around over the years and I had no idea uh, that they were into gaming or what have you because it's just uh, something that's really developed exponentially over the last uh, several years and now it's really, really growing big. If any of you all who have spent any time maybe looking at my social media or we've had a chance to talk or what have you, you'll, you'll know that family is, is number one for me. That, that's it. I always tell young people who are trying to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to do it, especially if I speak at a school or what have you, or college, I, I try to get this, I give them this sense of this idea that you need to know what your reason why is. What's your why? Why are you doing something? Why are you here at this school taking these classes for this, this degree? Why are you doing that? And oftentimes I run into folks who are looking at me with that kind of a stargazy thing. Oh, I never thought about that. Or maybe I'm figuring out that I'm here because uncle so-and-so said I'd be a good lawyer. I'd be a good this or that. What is it that you want to do? And and so then what is your why as to why you would invest all your time into doing something and working toward a degree or certificate or whatever it may be to then go out and earn a living? And uh, that's really a big part of your life experience. So your why has got to be a big thing. And for me, my why has always been my family. In my world, in our world, those that work like me, we have to pack those bags up <clears throat> and hit the door. And so every time I've rolled my bags out the door, I've known why. And it's been because of my family. That painting that you see over my shoulder is not there by accident. That was done by my wife. For me, she's an artist, has a cute little studio here in town. And that was for a Father's Day gift. And uh, it is a painting of myself and our two boys gazing up at the Eiffel Tower. That's not just some kind of a joke, because most of you may know that my wife is from Paris. And we met there when I was competing many years ago on the track and field circuit, walking to a little stadium. And as I was getting ready to take my stuff off to run, I looked across the track and I saw this young lady. I said, my goodness, I think I need to go say hello. I don't know why I saw her. I don't know, but that's what happens. And so after I raced, I went over and I said hello and asked her if she could maybe unpin the number that I have on my shirt singlet. And so I turned around, she did that, and then she gave it to me and I gave it back to her and she smiled and I was finished right there. I don't know why, but I was. But it was interesting because she didn't speak any English. I figured that out pretty quick, but there was somebody standing next to her who was doing some translating. Well, Little did I know that years later, that person standing next to her was her sister who would become my future sister-in-law. It's, a, it's an amazing journey that, that life can give you if you're open, you know why you're doing things and you find your passion, you chase it, you go for it. You don't hold back and hesitate. And it's amazing what can happen. Paris has been like this. It's been like a a second life for me, being able to experience the world here in America and then the world overseas in Europe. And of course, I spent a lot of time in Paris because of because of my wife's family. So two sisters, sister-in-laws, great family. And I need to break a little news here. What, What if I told you I've always talked about my sons, Julian and Lucas, right? What if I told you I had another son? What if I told you that? You'd be like, what? You're breaking news like that on a podcast? Really? Yeah. I have another son over there and um, tremendous young man. I'm so proud of him and uh, love him like I do my other two. Lewis, where's this going? This sounds like a train wreck on a podcast. You're like admitting you got another kid. Okay. So let me just full disclosure. Not my actual son, but like my son. How about that? He turns out to be my nephew and his name is Tebow and he is just a tremendous young man, full of excitement about life, smart as a whip, knows so much about everything. You can ask him a question. He's going to have an answer for you. If, if he's making it up, he's doing a hell of a job doing that. But he is so smart <laughs> and a lot of fun. And the reason I'm bringing him up is because um, recently in September, I went over to Paris to, to work on a feature that you'll see at some point here on the network about esports in France. And so I was there and needed to get around and find out where the locations were. I, I speak a little bit of French, pretty good. But I needed somebody to really lead the way and, and do everything and get it all. We get it all set up. And Tibo was unbelievable. Hit it out of the park. My third son is on this Zoom call, my podcast today. So I want you guys to say hello and welcome Thibault come T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T, pronounced Thibault. Thibault, ça, ça va?
1: Super.
0: <laughs> Super. So what when I said ça I'm asking him, how is he doing? And he said, bien. Thibault, it's uh, great to see you, man. And uh, what, what a journey, right? That we've all had as a family. Yeah. Uh, it I was mean, great. Yeah, it's not over. Don't don't speak in the past tense. It's not no. over, man. <laughs> but uh, I I got I got to share a couple of pictures, man. You're going to kill me for this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Can I have the uh, screen share? See you please. I want to just share just a couple of quick pictures and I want to just give people a sense of the journey that we've had as a family and uh, you guys cracked me up when you were little. Yeah, you're shaking your head because what's coming, right? But you guys cracked me up growing up together. So it was my our, my two sons, Julian and Lucas, and then you, which is like my son, the three of you, you were the oldest, Julian's right behind, and then Lucas. And we had so much fun watching you guys grow up. We took you guys everywhere. We did everything. And we just had a great time. So what do you remember about those early days growing up there in St. Pri and the three of you guys on the couch watching uh, cartoons all day and and just living like that?
1: Well, I think I just remember the, the connection between us three. You said I'm like your third son. It's it's yeah. not it's not it's on purpose. It, we are like brothers. I was just talking to Lucas maybe ten minutes ago. And oh, were you? <laughs> yeah, and we were talking about the 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 good old days when we used to all watch cartoons and all play video games together. And, and I say, man, since when did you get so good? I say, I had a rough path, but you showed me, and I just remember how good it was to be just together. You you taught us the value of family, being close together and cherish the, these moments. And it stuck to me. It stuck to me every day. And even now it sticks to me. And I just remember I'm an only child. I almost knew what, what it was like to to have two brothers. And it mm-hmm. was fantastic. And still, we we'll still talk almost every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's so great. And you're in Paris in the suburbs. Lucas is in Chicago. And Julian is here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex areas. It is so great to know you guys are stay close together because you guys were like this. You guys were like this when you were little kids. You guys were so tight. And it was fun to watch. So as we moved ahead and you're making your way through life and doing things, and so are your, your brothers, your cousins, it's just interesting to see how your life has maturated and how we found a way now to connect again Beyond family, but with this esports ventures, I know that as you guys grew up, you guys were always in the little apartment next door, the little place where you both of your brothers were taken when they were born. Both born right, you guys all born in the same hospital in the suburbs, and then you guys um, not only grew up there, but you also played a lot of games. What kind of games were you guys playing back then that you guys were arguing and fighting about and carrying on?
1: Honestly, we played all kind of games, anything that we could play, we played it. But mostly multiplayer games and Competition games. My personal favorite are Nintendo games because they tend to gather people. They almost invented the, what we call party game. So it's a game when, when no matter your, your level in video games, you, you can always find a way to play in a certain way that just you just have a good time. So we played a lot of the Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers, which is a, a fighting game. Mm-hmm. and uh, that was mostly it and since mm-hmm. nintendo kept these games updated we're still playing nowadays yeah uh, online we were just talking about this uh, with lucas 10 minutes ago
0: wow that's cool so you guys are still talking gaming or what have you and, and uh it's still part of the just the fiber of the relationship and i think that's true in a lot of families right a lot of siblings that maybe gaming is a place that you can find some common ground and have some fun with it and be competitive. I think that's still a part of it. And especially in the midst of COVID, where people are, are somewhat hampered as to where they can go and maybe they have to pull back a little bit on, on their movement. So then you can maybe spend a little bit more time. Do you think that's the case in, in France? Because I know you guys are in the middle of a second lockdown. So do you yeah. think people are doing more gaming now?
1: Now more than ever, people always have been gaming all over the world. And it's a great way to connect. My, my two cousins are overseas, so the only way I can join them is through this, through a through a console. It's not staged, by the way. I sincerely have it on my desk.
0: <laughs> I know you do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks. But I think nowadays, since you can go out and share moments like this outside through computers and 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 all all kinds of devices, it's a way to keep people updated we see with video calling and everything and gaming is the central part of this because when you video call someone you can talk you can chat you can catch up but you don't really do anything besides sitting and talking when you play video games you share something else i'm not going to say something more but something else yeah it's it's a part of it now more than ever even with my coworkers, we, we used to gather after work and all so play, have fun. And now we do it, but online, playing video games.
0: One of the things that really shocked me, Thibu, about about France is just the amount of of activity there is with, with respect to esports and the locations, but the amount of money that's being spent or being moved through the system, which was a big eye-opener, many millions of dollars in, of activity. Um, across the country. And when we began to go around Paris, I thought it was really interesting to see just the different types of locations. And I'm wearing the Team Vitality shirt. Do you remember we went to, to Vitality? And what's the name of the, uh, the esports team there? Do you remember them?
1: The place is called the V-Hive.
0: The Beehive. The V-Hive, right. And the and
1: the, the team is Team Vitality. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was a really, really cool place to see. Really high-end, slick, sharp, beautiful chairs, big monitors. Of course, they had the area where their actual professional team trains at times behind the glass. So I guess people could come and watch the pros do their thing. And of course, a nice little shop for merch there to buy things. That was a really slick place. I really loved it. And uh, we got to interview one of the guys, the co-founder of the team there, and you helped set all that up. And then we went to, uh, to meet our man, Julian, not my son, Julian, but J-U-L-I-E-N. At the eSports, eSports, what was it called? Stadium. eSports Stadium. So that was just a cool place. Down that alley, there it is, eSports Stadium. And then going in to see his spot upstairs, had a nice bar. And then you took the stairs down to that, what was like a cage. I'm thinking about being in France, and that's like a wine cellar, right? Like a wine cave. It's beautiful. Wasn't it beautiful? With With the rock walls and then the two spaces. It was so cool. I feel for him because you guys are again he was shut down when we met him but he let us in and we did a great little piece in there with him and then now here you guys are shut down again so what do you think it's like for guys like julian who wants to reopen his location but but he can't
1: it's extremely hard especially for his kind of uh location because there there are two sides we saw the the which is spacious huge and you can separate people but here it's more of the old idea of video games you gather on the couch there's this thing called a uh, couch multiplayer so we literally sit on, on on a couch and play video games you just can't do this because of the sanitary restriction and and all the danger that that could happen and since his place is mostly focused around this kind of gaming it's especially hard because it's a place when you you get close physically so
0: yeah yeah, that 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 the lower area was really close, really tight. A couple of monitors and when we when the feature comes out that you helped me with and did translating on everything, I think people really get to see a cool spot. And even though they're shut down right now, I still think it's important for us to be able to show our fans here in America that. And of course, as we continue to build our tentacles around the world with, with our business here at MAP Esports Network and Esports Future ITV and the podcast network, we really want to connect the dots with people globally as to what's happening. Of course, I'm, I'm always keeping a close eye on the Olympics and hopefully, fingers crossed, we get to these next games here in, in July of 2021. But in 2024, Paris is going to host the games and so I think it's going to be really a lot of excitement for the city for that but also esports can come right along and places like like esports stadium could be a cool place maybe for even us to have a hub to be able to come and hang out every night have some fun events man we need to have a DJ have the bar going and just have people come by and play play games and just just catch up so I think in the future it's really going to be exciting what do you think
1: yeah I, I totally agree because this kind of is of like, like like I said before, it's more about, it's not really about video games. We play video games, but it's about the people you meet. Mm-hmm. The difference between VHive, which is mostly focused on professional esports, it's yep. basically, it's a training center. Just like training centers for regular athletes. Right, it's like you go to a stadium. But here, it's more like a place when you can meet people that have the same passion as you. Yeah. There is a bar, there are some couches. You don't have to play video games. It's really just a place to meet Mm -hmm. people, to share your passion, to maybe play a little video games, but it's not the main focus.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. So it's another level of socializing for people who may be like-minded in the gaming world, but they don't have to necessarily do that when they're in the location, right? Yeah, that's that's cool. I think that we have the uh, huge esports stadium here just maybe really right down the road. And, and I think that I'm looking forward to as COVID at some point comes back around and we're able to get things back to somewhat normal. I want to see what happens with that because they've got that huge indoor arena but then there are other areas and spaces that are smaller that people can do things. So I'm looking forward to see how that works, and I'm sure you won't be a fish out of water here when you come back for that because you've been down to uh, to Jerry's World to the Cowboy Stadium. Yeah. Me, you, and Lucas, and our good friend die with NBC Sports, who got us in there. I know you remember those days.
1: Oh yeah, fondly remember them. I yeah, still have the the pass you 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 gave me.
0: You uh, still have the pass?
1: Yeah, in my room. It's, wow. Like it's it's not it's not my my room's not clean, so I'm not gonna show you, but
0: yeah, I know right that there. it's right over there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, you guys in these rooms, your room is is your room ever clean? It is. Really? This party Oh that right back, yeah, behind, yeah, <laughs> Let's no. hey, hey teams, let's see if this jogs any memories. How about Whoa. that? Whoa. You remember that? Totally. Cowboy Stadium. Yep. And uh, going to see a game and there's Di. She is just a just a doll. Love Diana. She is uh, just a, she works with one of our great production managers at NBC Sports, Tim. And and then she is a uh, part of his team and she is just awesome. They brings us down, takes care of us. And and, and it was really cool for me to watch you have an experience in a stadium that big, 100,000 people, and to watch the Dallas Cowboys play, I'm not sure who they were playing that night, but it's cool to watch we walk in and to watch you go, oh my God, this is unbelievable, right? <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that was a, uh, whoa, a great memory.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was cool.
1: I still
0: cool. have the glasses. Oh, you still have the glasses? <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. All right. Listen, I live here. You live there. It's amazing how different life can be with a seven-hour time difference. What's happening over there now with you guys in the second shutdown, and how do you think it's uh, affecting people? And how are they? How are they managing there in Paris and trying to deal with this another COVID shutdown?
1: Since it's the second one, people are less in the panic state; they're mm-hmm. more calm. But I think they're uh, tired of it. They're tired of twenty twenty with all. All that happened all around the world. Yeah, uh, they just want to focus on simple things, I think. And uh, people both get together better. And also, uh, we can see that none of uh, let me restart. People tend to speak less and less in the streets, meet people because mm. you can only go outside to to buy food and 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 other stuff that you need. Go to work or visit some close family or people in distress yeah so the social link gets weaker and weaker and people are just closing up and try to focus on on uh simple things Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: yeah and what i think if we if we drill down even farther i think what a lot of people here in america would be interested to know is that when you say you can't go anywhere, it, it's no joke. So you have to actually go online. You have to fill out a document with, I guess, the government saying that I'm going to the store or I'm going to wherever it is. And then you have to print that out and have it with you. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. You, you can either uh, print it out or have it on your phone. There's an app when you okay. can just fill the form. Yeah. And I think it's one of five things. Go to work, go shopping, visit a, a close one. And have one hour of physical activity, like running, going outside. And everywhere you go, you must, and you have to get a mask with you, have a mask with you. Yeah,
0: everybody has to have a mask on. Yep.
1: During your one hour physical activity.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and if, you don't, if you don't have that app, that uh, document filled out on that app, no matter where you're going, what happens?
1: You'll have to pay a fine of uh, 135 euros, which is approximately $1 one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. And if you get caught a second time, I think it doubles or triple. Mm -hmm. And a third time you can go up to six months in prison.
0: Really? Because you do not have the authorization from the uh, that you signed on to be able to go to the store or what have you, or or even if you're out with a mask. I, I remember being on the train going from the suburbs into Paris and I had my mask down and I was eating something. And a guy walked up and tapped me on the shoulder And he said, you have to have your mask. I said, I'm eating. And he said, Tupupa, you cannot eat here. I was like, okay, I didn't know that. And I guess he saw by my face that I I really didn't know because he could have written me a ticket for 135 euros because I had my mask down eating and not supposed to eat on the train right now because of all this. They want masks up, not over the mouth, but over the nose as well. I was like, wow.
1: It's such a confined space. Yeah, The virus can just go anywhere. So Mm -hmm. we It's better to take precaution because here in France, we tend not to mostly follow all of the rules. So they know they have to do this to Mm -hmm. prevent any catastrophe or or the the virus spreading.
0: Yeah. Interesting mentality. You you have to do it. And so they put the penalties there in place and and enforce them to make sure everybody does it to get things in a better position for the greater good. I guess we could say that. yeah. 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 Wow. That's something. Plus, it,
1: it's not really that hard. Uh, if everybody wears a mask, the pandemic could end much, much sooner.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the, the the dilemmas here about a mask. It is something. Well, so as all this happens, there's still gaming. There's still esports for people to connect on and maybe have a chance to maybe just get away from things. And I think that that will always be an important Thing. So when I come back to Paris next time, you took me to three locations, I believe it was. What are some of the other places that we need to see and go visit and do some filming and interview some people? Where are we going next? What do you think?
1: First, we went to the biggest cyber cafe in Paris called Milk or Milk yep. Club. It's huge, over 150 PCs, but there are uh, many, many more cyber cafe where people can check their emails, go on the internet or even play video games because some cyber cafes are focused around this kind of activities. One place we didn't have the chance to go is called the Reset Bar mm-hmm. uh, because even more than esports, video game culture in France is very, very popular. And people now, because people the video game culture in, in Paris is, is very, very popular. Uh, yeah. People think that when you play video games, you don't go out. Actually, it's almost the opposite. More and more places opened uh, themed around pop culture or video games. Mm-hmm. So the reset bar is one of one of these uh, bars when you can just come and play video games, chat, like Esports Stadium. But it's here. It's truly a bar and sometimes they host events they uh, invite some esports athletes to have interviews and just meeting and just sometimes play against them so i think places like this is a must if you really want to see the esports culture from the inside yeah and, uh, also there are other esports professional team in paris and france so, we should definitely go uh, out there to see. It's, if you're a fan of football, you go. Wh- wh- where, is where is the first place you go? You go to the stadium. But yeah. there are many teams. So, you compare every team based on the stadium, be- based on what they have, what they do there. Yeah. And every team has a different way of training. Because just like uh, regular athletes, uh, esports athletes train six to seven hours a day. And this is the, the most difficult part with COVID. It's you think that they could play from anywhere, but they have physical, nutritional, mental training and mental checks regularly to see if everything's good. If it, if they're able to play, if they don't feel fatigue or anything. Mm-hmm. And with COVID, they cannot go there as easily. When it's over, I think we should definitely go to this kind of place to discover how the real professional esports team trains.
0: Yeah, and you bring up a, a very interesting point too, because there have been some people who might say, are esports athletes really athletes? And I think the answer is yes, it's a different type of an athlete because of the Hand-eye coordination skill, of course, got to include the brain with that and being able to see things and move through it. But, but then you talk about how these professional teams do physical training, mental training, conditioning, hype, all their, all their efforts with uh, nutrition, what have you. So those are all the elements of an athlete. And uh, it's really interesting to hear that. And when we were at the VHive, I remember the uh, co-owner, co-founder of the team talking about how they work out sometimes at Stade de France. And of course, yeah. if anybody's seen the big, huge stadium in Paris, that's called Stade de France. And that's where they may go, do go and do some of their physical training. And then they may be back at the VHive there close to Chateau de where they do some gaming training, what have you, what you can watch. So esports athletes are absolutely athletes. And I think that has been a really cool discovery on my end coming from traditional sports to discover about this. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing those spots when I come back over the next time. That's going to be awesome. Teams, man, I gotta, I gotta do this before we before we wrap this up because this is really cool to just have you on and just chat. You just never know in your life journey where things are gonna take you. And here we are, you on my podcast and they're and gonna be our man on the ground for MAP Esports Network and our and esports future I TV there in Paris. It's gonna be you. But I just gotta show people this, man. This is you just never know in life. You just never know in life what's gonna happen. Can you see that? so as you uh, just so the people know as you guys were growing up we took a trip every summer somewhere and we pack you three guys up in a car and we'd be off somewhere and 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 there we are looking at we we were we were in dax we were somewhere in the south of france
1: i exactly know where we were where was this at at a circus but
0: yeah the sign Said
1: circus, but it was like the one of the cheapest and yeah. smallest circus we ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And the funniest fact about because I, I I really know this picture because it's at my mom's house. Yeah. And here I was clapping at a goat and the yeah. name of the goat was Brigitte. Brigitte Lechev. <laughs> Brigitte is actually the name of his wife and my mom, uh bigger sister. Yeah. So, it was the running joke. Even since now, even now, we, we call her uh, Brigitte Chevre. Brigitte,
0: Brigitte LaChevre. And Chev is goat in, friend, in, friend, in French, uh, if anybody wants yeah, to know so that.
1: I, I was clapping at, at, yeah. at, at a goat.
0: Yeah, there's you. And I'm running the mouse. There's Lucas. Yeah. And then there's Julian and all three of you guys in your PJs. And we were literally in an apartment. And that circus, it just popped up across the street. Remember that? And it was like this tent was there and they were make, they had the music. And I think we went up and we bought tickets. And the same guy was selling tickets, might've been the ringmaster. It was like three people doing 20 things. But you guys were out of your mind. You just were blown away by this circus. And we just laughed. But our joy was watching you guys in <laughs> your joy. <laughs> that, that was a great moment. Back. Huh?
1: That takes me back.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then the last one I want to show people, because... For me, for me, teams. My experience with running changed my life. That's how I met your aunt, my wife Dominique. Is how I met your mom, Beatrice, and of course, Philippe, your father, mom, and dad, Bridget and Didi. And, and and this whole experience changed my life. It was like it doubled my life from my American experience to my French experience. And with everything that we've been through and experienced together, it's just it's just hard to explain what that's. But this picture right here for me is the one that I wish the world could understand what it means to be family and to forget about what somebody looks like this picture right here for me says it all oh, yeah. because this is the one where jeremy who's in the middle here was getting married this is his sister julie okay and that's you and then and then our two boys julian and lucas and people could look at this picture and say these guys are all friends or they're close friends or whatever you guys are all first first cousins first cousins same blood running through your through your veins, and I just think for me, this is a photo I'll never forget. I just, it just, I just love it. My wife, who is mixed with Pepe Bernard and 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 her mom, and then married to me, I, they came out looking like that. Bridget, married to a Greek French guy, and they came out looking like that. And then your dad and mom, a white French guy. There's no other way to say it. And you look like that. But everybody's first cousins. How about that? What a beautiful picture! That is the that is real life, and that's the world I believe it should be. Yeah.
1: And so. fun fact about going back on the, on esports. Fun fact: Jeremy here in the center is the one who gave us the taste and the 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 willpower to transform video games, which is casual and fun, into a competition. Because yeah, every single year, even now, when we when Julian or Lucas come to France, we all gather, and for one evening, we play video games. Mm-hmm. We play the same old video games we used to play when we were. Little <laughs> little. And it's it's about competition. Yeah, and that that's what got me actually into esports. So this guy in the center, is yeah. the one who got me into esports and pray not to to be
0: a uh, worse than. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and Jeremy's the oldest cousin, right? Yeah. He's yeah. He's 10 a-
1: years older than Lucas.
0: Oh, he's 10 years older than Lucas. Okay. I didn't know that. All right. And Lucas is 23. So he's 33. So that's awesome. That's awesome. This is a photo that for all of us on this, on on, in my family, this is a photo that means everything because it just, it just rep, it just represents to me what family can be about, what life can be about and it has zero to do with the hue of your skin, but it has everything to do with your heart and uh, your connection to each other and, to, and then to humanity. So that's just that's just what I believe in. And that's what my experience has been. And you guys have just been awesome. And so um, had to share that with everybody, man. Had to share that with everybody. Hey, yeah. I, think we've done, I think we've done a great job to avoid the tears, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not either, man. I'm not either. Look, stay safe. And I just look forward to this journey and this part of our lives as we continue to move forward with the esports world. And you're going to be a part of that. And uh, Jacob Miles is excited to have you on the team as well. Of course, you helped us with an event here some years ago. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this. We just got to get through this period of this pandemic and uh, and then we'll move forward and and keep building our lives through experiences. Life to me is not about stuff. It's about experiences. And we've had a lot of those, exactly. a lot of those and memories. And of yeah, I think
1: every time I, I'll get out to buy something or go to work, I'll think of you because...
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> since you have to put a mask oh there we go that's what i'm talking about (laughs) yep that's it that's what i'm talking about awesome that's awesome so you've got the mask on you got the shirt and the mask that's what i'm calling about esports future tv merch right here baby love it love it all right Teams, man, take care, and uh, we're going to keep in touch. Please give my best to all the people that we visited with there in Paris with their eSports uh, facilities and locations. We want to partner with them and, and stay in touch and stay close. And as they try to navigate COVID on the back end, man, we're going to make sure we stay connected, and you'll be right in the middle of all that to uh, keep telling these stories, tournaments, and we're going to stream them back here on our network. We're going to do all that stuff, so we're looking forward to it. All right? Yeah, sure, definitely. All right. Love you, man. Take care, okay? All right, mon fils. Yeah. All right, that's where that is where you know what you do meets what you love. And I love family and uh, this journey through esports, I would have never imagined that these things would have happened. So it is just a constant uh, opportunity for discovery. And I would encourage anybody, no matter what you're doing and what your field is, take a moment sometimes and, and just relax and lift your eyes up and look beyond where you are at the moment and, and, and look at the people you're with try to find a way to become more culturally cohesive with the people you would get to know them, maybe get their story. The stories of each of, of all of us is how we break down the barriers that have been falsely created that we allow to separate us. If it's esports or whatever it may be, allow those barriers to fall by just sitting down and having a discussion and having a talk. And if you have a passport, once things calm down, take a trip And get away from what you know is your normal and get a little bit uncomfortable and open your mind, open your eyes, open your heart. You'd be amazed at what you discover. I discovered an entirely new life through track and field and then through television in my my travels around the world. And now I'm doing the same thing again through esports. And I just want to encourage all of you to take the opportunity to do the same thing. Okay. I'm looking forward to another episode soon. Hopefully we'll have my man Kyle back. But for the moment, uh, that's this one. And listen, let's just all stay safe and keep gaming. And, of course, if it's about eSports, it matters to us. And catch you next time on the next episode of All In With eSports. Thanks for listening to All In With eSports. Please remember to subscribe to your favorite podcast channel, and we would love to hear from you about this or other shows on the eSports Future Eye Network.